she's not done yet. And this isn't something that at the end of the 6570, it'll be like, oh, she comes in and she cleans a kitchen perfectly. Right. It's not going to, it's not going to be the case, but learning people's strengths and their Mm -hmm. weaknesses. And then we can really like broaden their strengths, but we also need to bring up their weaknesses and bring awareness to them. Welcome to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. This is our mom and daughter podcast. I'm Ingrid. I'm the daughter. I live in New York. And I'm Vicki, the mom. I live in Los Angeles. We're figuring out life from opposite coasts, doing our best to cultivate a raw and transparent relationship that is also generous and safe. So mom, let's talk. Hi, mom. Hello. Let's talk a little bit more about being intentional parents with Nellie Harden. Yes, I'm excited. Me too. Nellie, thanks for joining us again. Absolutely. This is so much fun, you guys. We just love talking about our passions and here we are. There we go. So last time we introduced the idea of the 6570, that first, that all the days in the first 18 years of your child's life, and then sort of asked the question, you know, what do you want to put in their proverbial bag when they leave when they're 18? Because it's going to be filled with values and things regardless. So we might as well be intentional about it. And this time we're going to talk a little bit more about what that actually looks like. So obviously there's all those, you know, specific things you choose for your own child for what should be in their bag. But in general, you talk about the value for your family, which I also love of really wanting to have sort of like self-led kids, right? Or, Or like leadership being one of the main things in their bag. Right. What does that what does that mean to you or what brought you to that conclusion of that like being sort of a high pillar value? Right. And so it came up just in our journey like I talked about in our last episode and this awakening and I realized that if we want to get them this very wide and firm foundation to launch the rest of their life off of when they leave home then we need to get them to a point that they can self-lead by the time they leave home. And When you look at leadership development or self-discipline development and what that looks like as an adult, you typically get that in your thirties, forties, fifties, beyond even. And at that point, you've already actually been leading others and yourself for quite a while without the guidance and skills to do so because you didn't get this training until later. And so I really thought it was so important. And uh, I was taking my kids to conferences with me, you know, all six of us, husband and I and four kids would go to these conferences and they would sit there and they would soak in some of these concepts and we would have discussions about them at lunch. And then we'd go back and listen to more and things. And I always wanted them to be able to take some of these things and use them now. I was like, why aren't we using these things now? Because here I was at 35, 37, 40 years old. I'm like, man, if I could have had this when I was 15, worlds of difference would have happened, you know, Mm -hmm. in my life. And I don't regret anything of my life. Of course, I love where I am. And every step is a step here. But at the same time, there could have been so much more leadership that I could have had for myself. And so I have something called the discipline spectrum. When you are born, day one of (laughs) 6,570, right, Um, you are completely parent-led. That Mm -hmm. is parent-led discipline back then, right? The parent is uh, doing everything for you, and you just kind of go along with it. And this lasts for a little while. I mean, you think about when they're, 
you know, maybe two, one and a half, two, and you're like, Hey, let's pick up your toys. Right. And then you help them pick up their toys. And then when it's accomplished, you're like, yay, you know? And so that is parent led. That is when the parent is taking the discipline is making the choice, walking over the bridge of discipline and accomplishing with you. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that's really what discipline is discipline. And if you would have asked me this, you know, 20 years ago, I would have said, uh, spanking, uh, you know, the board, uh, grounding, right. But that's not what discipline, those are consequences. Mm. Discipline is when you are learning something and finding a path there, right? So you have a choice that you're making, the bridge is the discipline, and then you get to an accomplishment. So parent-led discipline is the parents are involved hundred percent in making the decision, going over the bridge with you and having the accomplishment. Well, then you get into this dance that we're in for a very long time. Some of us actually all the way through the 6570, the dance between parent discipline, which has that subcategory in there is consequences, right? And self-discipline. So what I mean by this is you go into parent discipline and that is the parent tells you to do something and then you have the choice to do it or not. And if you don't do it, there's the consequence, right? The parents have to come in with the consequence at the end of the bridge. And if you do do it, then you celebrate that. I'm sure your parents are like, woohoo. And um, that's self-discipline. Now, the majority, vast, vast, vast majority of families end their 6570 still in parent discipline. Meaning when their kids are 18 years old, they're saying, hey, I don't know. Rebecca came to mind. Sure. So, Hey, Rebecca, um, can you go and, um, you know, your brother is sitting here and he really needs to go to karate. Can you go drive your brother to karate? And she's like, no, I have other things to do. And then the mom's like, I got to do this. Right. So those are some instances versus her being like, yeah, sure. I could take him. And then we go and then they go. So that is the dance between parent and self, but then further along on there, which is where the goal is, is self-led discipline. So that in that scenario would be Rebecca sitting in the kitchen, seeing her little brother sitting there while mom's running around frantic and being like, Hey mom, do you, would it uh, be helpful if I went ahead and took him to karate for you? And she said, yes, that would be so helpful. And Rebecca takes her little brother, takes him to karate problem solved. And she accomplishes it. Right. So Mm -hmm. she observed the problem. She did something about it and she had the accomplishment. So that is, that is where we are with self-led discipline. All parts are from self. Now that moves yourself into self-led leadership. So self-led discipline Mm -hmm. move, you have to have that before you can go into self-led leadership. And Mm -hmm. let's face it, like not everybody in the world, you know, when I talk about leadership, um, sometimes everyone's like, um, I've even had someone say to me, you know, not everyone is going to be a CEO. And I was like, you're right. And nor can they be, or else we would have no employees hence no CEOs. Right. (laughs) And, um, but you do, you know, as a CEO, do you want your employee just sitting there, you know, and not doing anything until you tell them to do something and then they do it and that, right. You want them to be self-motivated. You want them to have that self-led discipline and leadership in order to contribute to whatever it is that you're doing from a soup kitchen to target to, I don't know, multi-million dollar company. You want them to have that initiation. And that is where that self-led leadership comes from. And anything that you do in life. I mean, anything. (laughs) Um, I, I 
said before, you know, unless you're a couch surfer, but you were a couch surfer and self-led. So you had intention. In couch <laughs> so there you go. That blows that um, out of the water. <laughs> people without intention also couch surfing. I was going to say, the actual couch surfer mentality, I do think, is just like, I am just sitting on this couch. <laughs> I was like pounding the pavement every day in New York to try to, until I got the Trader Joe's job. But that's very funny. <laughs> I love Trader Joe's, by the way. But anyway, it really is anywhere that you go in life. You know, auditions, you know, think about it. You have to decide, I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do an audition, right? Or I am going to go out there and I'm going to interview for this job, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do something or else you are, like you said, you're just sitting there. You're not, you're just existing. You're not living. So in order to live, and I think we can all agree, we want our kids to live, right? Live this life that they're given. You need that self-led leadership. And that's the end of the spectrum. And that is always my bullseye for where I want to launch my kids from. So here's my big question. And that is temperament and personality um, and birth order. I will say you might have noticed this. I definitely noticed in my, so Ingrid firstborn, she is a go-getter. She notices and she has noticed also part of her strengths, if we think of the Gallup Strengths Finder, uh, Harmony is her number one strength. So she wants peace. She knows how to create peace. She looks for peace. <laughs> if, it, if she anticipates friction, she will intervene so that there's peace. And so the, if that's in the kitchen, how can I help mom? She comes in and she's definitely initiated and self-led. My third child, I don't think that Harmony is in her top five strengths, <laughs> but she is self-led on her own uh, things. So, but as, goals, yeah. It, yeah, her own goals and people will be like, oh, mom and dad, you know, are you getting your child ready for college? Because she's about to go off to college. And I kind of am like, um... No, I'm not going off to college. My daughter's going to college. I don't know what she's doing for college. I mean, definitely a third born child there. She I think that's the thing is that she's also watched us go through it like twice through in parents. And so yeah. I do think there were a lot of things talking about just like the car. Like I didn't get my license until I was almost out of high school. There was a I was threat nervous there. to drive. I was like, Yeah. yeah if you don't get your license by college, then you get to wait till next summer. <laughs> <laughs> but also that meant that like there was a lot of places for me to like be helpful in the family or like drive back and forth that I wasn't doing. I think because a lot of that was me being still in like a childhood mindset. I was the firstborn. No one else had like grown up and made me think about adult things yet. And Audrey has watched both of her sisters become adults. And so we've just like she's been introduced to scary movies faster. She's been in like thought about adult things faster. And so she got her license right away and was like, I have my own life now, you know. <laughs> but she doesn't like as far as qualities, character qualities, she doesn't look around her as much and look for how can I help out in the family or how can I help make peace in the kitchen? So oftentimes I find myself saying to her, what do you see in the kitchen that needs to be put away? I don't want to be the one that tells you this is my effort in making crossing the bridge. <laughs> Um, if you were standing in the kitchen by yourself and looking around, what would you do? <laughs> and I am astounded how many times she misses cups on the table and things right on the island. And I'm like, really? You think that that it's done? You missed all of that stuff over there? You, I don't feel like you looked around the whole room yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and I have I have one, possibly two um, that are right there, too. And so that's where you get. That's why it's a training zone, right? Okay. Like, 
she's not done yet. And this isn't something that at the end of the 6570, it'll be like, oh, she comes in and she cleans a kitchen perfectly, right? Yeah. It's not gonna, it's not gonna be the case, but learning people's strengths and their weaknesses, and then we can really like broaden their strengths, but we also need to bring up their weaknesses and bring awareness to them because, you know, for example, with that, um, I would put it into the context of, you know, you're probably going to be sharing an apartment or a house with somebody at some point, and it's going to be very annoying for them to be living with this if you aren't willing to step up and put things away. So I know it's not something that comes to your mind right away. So you're going to have to intentionally think when you go into a room, is there anything here I can do that I can serve others with? Right. Or Mm. just put away my own stuff, you know, for goodness Mm. sakes. And so just putting it into that future context, especially since she's so close to that and being like, you know, it's not about mom, but Mm this, this is your training zone. So if I don't tell you to look out now, then I'm doing you a disservice for your future roommates. (laughs) I don't want you to have friction with your future roommates because I didn't tell you something now. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it really just has to do with those, those barriers that can come up and they're so different for everybody because we're all very, very different. I mean, normal is just the average between, you know, two abnormals. Right. And so (laughs) that's true. (laughs) And so we, um, yeah, just having those conversations and bring it just like, I literally picture a flashlight. I'm such a visual person, like just put a little flashlight on there and put it into a context that it's not about you, but it's about you helping them by bringing awareness to it. Mm-hmm. That's really good. The context is definitely really, really important and helpful. I was thinking through some of those some of those kind of contexts or reframing things that you did, mom, when I was growing up and one that my sisters and I roll our eyes at all the time because it was like such a current, it was such a consistent and like frequent theme that it started to be like, uh, you know, but now that I'm out of the house, I appreciate it more. Mom quickly rebranded chores in our house to family stewardship. <laughs> and I like have a full, I <laughs> I have like an emotional reaction to the word stewardship at this point. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Again, like now that I have my own apartment that I pay for and they're like, if the dishes don't get done, it's on me. Totally get it. (laughs) It's like a total like, oh my gosh, mom was right moment. Because I I appreciate that from the beginning, mom was like, we are all stewards of this house. And so like chores are not a punishment. You're not like not making you vacuum now because... You did something like, no, like we, we must take pride in the things that we own and take joy in sharing them with the world. And so when people are going to come over, we all get to pick pitch in and like being good stewards of the things that we own. And that means, you know, folding the laundry and cleaning the house. And um, so as much as like family stewardship days are like always going to be in my brain, I do actually think that it was a really helpful tool for kind of reframing something that that could have been like twist your arm and instead became something also that you also participated in. Mm-hmm. It was like all five of us together. We're all holding our own weight, which is much better. And and I'm going to step forward one, one more time. And this will mean more to you now than it did five years ago. The word steward. I talked about five years ago or seven years ago as remember being a steward of Gondor in the Lord of the Rings. Being a steward of Gondor was pretty valuable. And you didn't have any context for understanding that, but now you do. So doesn't steward sound better now? (laughs) Yes. He was the acting king. That's right. So it was pretty cool to be a steward. See? That's right. Didn't we just reframe (laughs) steward for you? 
Thank you. <laughs> Mom, a lot of um, what Nelly's talking about here with, with like the goal being self-leadership actually really reminds me of the work that you do with executive functioning. Mm, yeah. Which is like a little more school oriented, but I feel like it comes from the same core. Do you want to talk a little bit about executive function skills? Yeah. And ironically, I ta- I start with chores. <laughs> so I work with clients, usually teenagers, but sometimes elementary schoolers. But usually it's, it's um, parents who are getting to the end of their 6570 journey and they feel like their child isn't really listening to them and they are concerned that their child is not ready to launch successfully into the world on their own. So I talk about systems, mindset and habits or routines, which is a different different language for the same thing that you do, Nelly. I usually work independently with the children, but I feel like I spend as much time talking to the parents and saying, "Mom, if if you want your child to be successful, you need to give them agency and not ask them about their chore. And then I work with my clients to schedule a chore on their calendar because they don't realize that it it's priority. And and then the, then I have a conversation with the, the student, the child, the, the client and say, if if you schedule this chore, which seems like you don't need to, but if you actually schedule it and do it, your parents will notice and then they'll be happy and they'll stop asking you about it. And they'll be like, oh, my child is ready to launch into the world. <laughs> so when they have success doing that, and I'm surprised it usually takes three sessions, three different weeks for them to like really go, oh, yeah. And I talk through with them. I, I'm like, what is your resistance to accomplishing this? I you talk a lot about resistance, which you, I think you just have a slightly different word for. And and I just talk about, you know, they, you don't want to you don't want to write down when you're going to do your chore because something better might come along. Right. And then they laugh out loud and they go, well, um, actually, yes. <laughs> so but your chore is not going to go away. And I know that you will do well if you can, because everybody do, does well if they can. They they want to do well in all areas of life. No, people don't usually like wake up and think I'm going to have a terrible day today and like whatnot. They they people do well if they can. So um, what if you scheduled it? What if you faced that that you are resisting this? And you scheduled your chore. And if you like, and then I, I usually have some kind of clue of things that might come in the way, like, like, oh, you have on your calendar that you work later today. And you also told me you wanted to go out with your friend. And then they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. So I couldn't actually do my chore when I scheduled it. And I'm like, what if you scheduled your chore for a slightly different time? And what if you attached your chore to a habit that you already have? Because when we attach non-preferred activities to preferred activities that are we do all the time that are already habits, the likelihood of that non-preferred activity happening is much higher. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I do. I love it. I love it. And that's so true. <laughs> yeah. I think all of these things are are really helpful. Just like specifics, mom, you talk a lot with the, uh, the younger, younger kids you coach, you coach with like learning difficulty things about how important it is to be explicit. And I do think that it's really helpful to have this kind of a conversation for any parent out there, honestly, just for our own lives too, about, you know, like, oh, I really can think through this. And you're right, like something does become easier the more that you do it. And that threshold gets smaller. And it's okay to say that it's hard and like be belligerent about it. And it's okay. 
okay to like figure out how to do it. I think this is just a helpful conversation for for naming some of those tools that, again, like we probably do a little bit in our regular day lives as adults. But thinking through it enough to know how to give it to your kid is a different a different issue. No, I was going to say I, I love that you you make that explicit, Nellie, like you say, it's going to happen anyway. So what if you made it intentional? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And with parents, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to watch them going through this process together. I really, um, kind of what you were saying earlier, I see a family as a team, you know? And so Mm. if a team can go through it together and, you know, friends and relationships, 99% of them are going to come and then they're going to go, but your family Mm. that is always going to be there, whether you like it or not. So (laughs) (laughs) you might as well make it good right? Mm-hmm. It's because, you know, you, would you rather go to the, you know, I don't know, 4th of July picnic or what have you with resentment, or would you rather go with joy, you know, 30 years mm. from now? And so let's, let's just choose joy then and start building it now. Mm. Yeah. The larger context is really, really huge. You talked near the beginning of this episode about how consequences or like, you know, I, we didn't use the word punishment, but but that kind of like a parent giving the consequence is that like subcategory of parent led discipline. And I remember when when I was nearing going to college, you know, like latter half of high school, I remember my dad sitting down and explaining to me that consequences don't go away when your parents go away, which was a really helpful concept. I don't think I had quite thought about it that way before, because I think we were having some kind of conversation that was like, all right, but like you won't be there. Like you wouldn't have known, you know, (laughs) if I had done it or not. And so we sort of laid out this like, yes, but but the world gets larger. Last episode, mom mentioned shepherding your child's heart, which was like the sort of like blueprint they used when they learned they were going to become parents. And a big picture there is circle of blessing, circle of blessing. That's right, mom. It's like the circle that you live in. Right. And if you live like inside the circle, you reap the blessings of the world and your community. And 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 there are things there are ways that you like start to step outside of of the circle of the ways that you will live most healthfully and joyfully in the world. And that's where consequences come into play because it'll like bring you back into a place of safety. And so I remember dad basically explaining that when you leave the house, you know, when you're past the 6570, it's not that the circle of blessing goes away because that's not something actually connected with your parents. It, it, it gets bigger. And all of a sudden your your circle of blessing or this the world that you live in is just like far larger. You have a lot more room to play, but the consequences are still there. So if you don't do your dishes, you are going to have maggots in your house. You know? <laughs> and, like, and that's a consequence just as much. I, I remember really appreciating that. You know, I always say to my kids, um, discipline yourself so others don't have to. Mm-hmm. And thinking about the maggots, maybe I need to say discipline yourself so something else doesn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true. In job situations, other people needing to discipline you is a very tricky one. Like that is real, very real. But just like the world's consequences, again, I mean, back to like the very original look both ways when you cross the street is true no matter how old you are. And it just is like if you run into the street it's either your parents going to pick you up or the car is going to pick you up, you know, like either way, the world is still going to give you consequences. So um, I, I just I think that's another part of the context for a for a growing child that is is really helpful. It's really, really a big gift to like for the parent to lift the kids eyes out of their own world into like the larger context past home when you're still living at home, when you can kind of like 
take it in slowly in the context of your own home before you're just like thrown into it. Absolutely. And I've seen it done the opposite way. And it's just like, you're, you're in the tight circle. You're in the tight circle. We're not going over the walls. We're not peeking over the walls. Oh, by the way, you're out there and I'm in here now. And then that it yeah. brings so much mental havoc, so much um, strain and concern and depression and unawareness and then danger and all the things can come from that. So yes, I, I'm, I'm very much there. And that's why I tell people, you know, with social media to, you know, breach that topic for just a quick second, you know, I am not all for, you know, giving your kids unlimited social media at 13 years old and letting them, you know, run havoc. I have, you know, trainings that I do on that, on how to create boundaries so that they can go in, do what they want to do and come back out. It's, you know, you, so many people, so many kids go in and get lost. And I, if anyone's seen Pinocchio or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the donkey boys, right. That's what the internet is. Uh, Social media (laughs) is for these things. Or if that's way too dated for some people, uh, Percy <laughs> Jackson and the Lotus Hotel, right? That's true. And, you, and you go in there and you just get lost and it's, you're being entertained to death and mm-hmm. so much so that you lose all critical thinking. And so anyway, but if you completely keep them away and they don't even right. know this exists or they don't even know like how to even what the platforms are and all of this, they're going to get it from somewhere and then once they get their own, um, device in their hand, which is mostly inevitable, then they're not going to have any direction as to what to do, know what boundaries to have up, know how to be safe, know how to get out right. And come back to real life. And so it's very important. That's a perfect example of how to peek your head out and see, okay, so all of this is happening. So let me teach you how to, it's just like teaching your kid how to drive, right? You just don't give them the keys and be like, peace out. Good luck. Right. Right. You have to train them in order to do that. Which is goes all the way back to what we talked about last episode about communication and like how, you know, in it, there's no perfect world, but like the bet, the earlier that you start working through hard things with your kid, peeking up outside of the walls of your home, the easier that becomes. But at whenever you start is the right time, you know, just like just to start in that kind of communication, again, like gives the child the chance to ask questions and you are being vulnerable with them. We've talked a lot about when you go out of off to college, like there's going to be hurdles no matter what. So the goal is not to like think about all of the ways that things are going to be hard and solve them preemptively. The goal is to have enough tools in your tool belt or in your backpack (laughs) to, to, to know that you can figure out how to solve them. It's like the underlying tools that we care about. Absolutely. I think that is a perspective shift that I have gone through in my parenting journey is where I, with the whole concept of circle of blessing, we talked a lot about, and you and I, Ingrid, have talked about um, shaping influences and that we are the guardians of our door. And my husband, in fact, he team teaches parenting classes with me sometimes and he uses another Tolkien thing where um, <laughs> he has the staff and yeah, Gandalf has a staff and says, you shall not pass. Um, and that's a really vivid image for him because he's so passionate about Lord of the Rings. But also my our perspective was a little bit more fear-based and I will shield you and protect you and I 
won't even show you these things. Like we really didn't watch TV when you guys were little or um, screens. <laughs> and then you're part of the generation where you, you're like the YouTube generation where YouTube started with your generation. You have a peer who was in elementary school with you who is now world famous as a YouTuber. <laughs> And right. I was um, 10 when YouTube really launched. So. Yeah. So that was kind of difficult to navigate. Whereas your youngest sister, who's six and a half years younger than you, it, she grew up as a digital native, as my husband will say. <laughs> and so in some senses, it's easier because it's always been around her and she has had less of a huge change in her life that we're all navigating at the same time because it was all new to us. Whereas when your youngest sister came along, we had a little bit of radar, a little bit of awareness, and we were able to um, expose her incrementally without such great concern and not completely shield her. But also the thing is that like every parent's going to say that about their first kid and their last kid, like even if it was the 1870s, you know, they're still going to be like, but this wasn't alive then and now it is and we figured it out. Like, And that's just where I feel like back to the communication piece of it. Like, I just feel like it's way more important for the parent to have the vulnerability to say, I don't know. And this is scary for me. So we're going to figure it out together than it is for them to choose. You know, like, you know, I think that's where like, it's okay to be fearful, but I'd much rather hear that my parent is fearful and working through it than not hear from them from them at all until they've decided to have an answer. How, how do you navigate that, Nellie? So we're living in a world that I swear there's something new every single day <laughs> and it's not going to slow down. Yeah. So we as parents are raising kids in a world that we didn't grow up in. And so mm -hmm. that's a, that's tough to navigate. Mm -hmm. And so if we can navigate it together, then we'll be able to figure it out. Like, Oh no, I, you know, I went on there. That really wasn't good. This is, you know, what I saw. You don't have mm -hmm. to keep things from them. You know, you want to keep it in a context that's appropriate, of course, but you mm -hmm. don't need to keep things from them. You know, my, one of my daughters was texted a, she's 13 and uh, as soon as they start going off to friends' houses, we want them to have a phone so I can, you know, we can talk if she something happens. Anyway, so she was texted and it was a cooking video. Well, that girl loves to cook. Mm. That was not a cooking video. That was a porn site that had gotten a hold of her phone. Mm. And so and she was like, what is this? You know? And I was like, oh, and so, you know, those conversations have to be had. Like some people are going to try to trick you in order mm -hmm. to open something. So don't ever open something that you don't know who it's from. Right. And mm -hmm. so we just navigated through that together. It is life. It is going to happen. These, you know, these um, predators are, are out there, you know? And so again, just going through life, it's not like I took her phone and was like, okay, that's it. We're not doing phones anymore. And all mm -hmm. the things, you know, you just walk through it with them and with things like YouTube, like there's so much good on YouTube and mm -hmm. there's so much not good on YouTube, <laughs> right? you know? And so just helping them navigate one of my girls loves to watch, um, animals giving birth. I, she's going to be an OBGYN or a vet. I don't know. And, um, so, so she gets in there and she's watching this and I love that she watches that. I mean, she's studying and she's, you know, seeing how this works and how she, she's like, Oh, I saw two, you know, lambs give birth today. And I was like, awesome. You know? <laughs> and, and so you just have to navigate that through yeah. with them to make sure that they're staying on a path that serves them, right? It serves mm -hmm. them. It serves their, the people around them and it serves their future. And so those are just key questions to ask. Like when you're looking at, I don't know, like those 
ridiculous, um, satisfying videos that drive me crazy of like soap getting cut, you know, yeah. and I, and you're like staring at it for 28 minutes or whatever. Mesmerized. And you're like, right. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> and I was like, so uh, this happened a few years ago. And I, my husband and I are like, so is this serving you right now? Like, how is this moving your life in a positive direction to watch right. soap get cut? You know, you're like, I don't know. Like they, were, they were, they were in the fun house and they couldn't get out. That's right. And so we had to, uh, yeah, we had to help them a little bit there. So yeah, just working with them toward whatever uh, is going to serve them, the people around you in the, in the world. Yeah. That keeps, again, just keeps you on the same team, which is the goal. I feel well, like it's useful like... to say that out loud once in a while. We're on the same team. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> useful. And in, and if you say that and she's like, but I don't feel like it, then you, then you, at least you've gotten there and you figure it out. Well, that's like kind of a perfect transition into what we'll do next week, which is a little bit more of like deep dive into the relational aspect between mom and daughter, because which we've done this whole time. It's, it's all, that's always the bigger context. But I think the last episode, this episode has been like pretty clearly tools to use. So what does that really mean for us is the next question we'll ask. So thank you so much, Nelly. We'll yes. talk to you soon. So welcome. This is so fun, you guys. All right. Have a good week. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. If you liked hanging out with us, please rate and review us on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback and your support. You can find more relationship tools on our website, HiMomPodcast.com. If you'd like to suggest a topic or share your own story, you can DM us on Instagram at HiMomPodcast or write us through our website. Special thanks to Sienna Ryder for editing our podcast. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon.